0: Welcome to journeywithjesus.net, a weekly webzine for the global church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin. Our essay this week is called Slogans vs. Principles. It's based upon the lectionary readings for Sunday, December fourth, two 2016. This is the second Sunday in Advent and also the commemoration of World AIDS Day. This is a guest essay by Arthur J. Amon, M.D. Dr. Amon was the former director of the Pediatric Immunology and Clinical Research Center at the University of California Medical Center in San Francisco. In 1982, he documented the first cases of AIDS transmission from mother to infant, and also the first blood transfusion AIDS patients. Later, in 1998, he founded Global Strategies for HIV Prevention, and in 2011, the blog Ethics in Health. A guest essay by Arthur Ammons: Slogans vs. Principles. Advent is a time of remembrance and hope for the Christian community and all that it touches, on December first, during our sacred season of Advent, some of us are asked to participate in the secular commemoration of World AIDS Day, which was first initiated in 1988 to call for global awareness about HIV and AIDS since the st- since the discovery of AIDS in nineteen eighty one over fifty million men women and children have become infected or died from the HIV virus, in spite of the availability of highly effective prevention and treatment measures. World AIDS Day reminds us that all that reminds us all that the epidemic has not stopped. To help us remember and trigger action, World AIDS Day is commemorated in key geographical areas, highlighted in the media, and associated with annual slogans worldwide. This year, in 2016, the slogan is, Hands Up for HIV Prevention. But after almost 30 years, the epidemic is still with us. Clever slogans that cater to the pervasive mythology that social media can invoke enduring change don't seem to work. Something more is needed. An alternative to slogans are theologically sound truths that have survived history. These are stories, instruction, and teachings that we read during Advent that call for change. Their origin in a Judeo-Christian ethic should not prevent their worldwide application. This year's Advent scriptures for the second week point to the enduring principles that were spoken by God and the prophets, not as marketing tools, but as guidelines for living. Isaiah 11, 1-10, for example, tells us that the spirit of wisdom and understanding leads to our recognizing the needy and to asking for justice for the poor. Psalm 72 tells us that the justice of God will deliver the needy and will rescue them from oppression, violence, and death. In the epistle this week, Romans chapter 15, Paul reminds us that what has been said in Judeo-Christian history endures. And in this week's Gospel from Matthew, John the Baptizer calls us all to repentance, to prepare the way for the Lord, and most important of all, to produce fruit that authenticates our repentance. These are not catchy slogans designed for social media but promises qualified only by the fact that we must believe in them and act on them. As we read in Corinthians, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. The HIV epidemic has all of the features that the scriptures and the teachings of Jesus focus on. We review these during Advent, pain, suffering, stigma, discrimination, poverty, disease, refugees, and injustice. We reflect on these teachings and claim that they are what we believe. We examine not only their impact on our personal lives, but the impact that they could have on lives throughout the world. Pausing in the midst of Advent to look at a specific disease, such as HIV-AIDS, should help us to see through a cloud of indifference and hostility that seems to have descended on us all and obscured our obligation to do more for those who suffer. As we look at a world and a country that seems to have drifted into increasing hostility, we ask, where are our Christian teachings? And I wonder, perhaps it is time for us also to ask if some of our theological principles have regressed into mere slogans. A guest essay by Dr. Art amon And in keeping with that theme, For books this week, we review a brand new book by Mother Teresa. It's called A Call to Mercy. Hearts to Love, Hands to Serve. Edited and with an introduction by Brian Kolodijuk. New York Image, 2016. This book is 364 pages long. A few months ago, on September 4, 2016, Pope Francis canonized Agnes Ganja Bojacku, 1910-1997, as a saint in the Catholic Church. Officially, she'll be called St. Teresa of Calcutta, although the Pope admitted that she'll probably always be remembered as just Mother Teresa. This book was published at the same time to coincide with Teresa's canonization and to underscore the Vatican's Jubilee Year of Mercy in the year 2016. The editor of the book is a Canadian priest, the leader of Teresa's case for sainthood and editor of an earlier book by Teresa called Come Be My Light from the year 2007. Teresa not only ministered to the material poverty of people, she entered their spiritual darkness. And so this book is organized around the seven corporeal works of mercy, feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, welcome the stranger, heal the sick, visit the imprisoned, and bury the dead. And then the seven spiritual works of mercy. Counsel the doubtful, instruct the ignorant, admonish sinners, comfort the afflicted, forgive offenses willingly, bear wrongs patiently, and pray for the living and the dead. For each of the 14 chapters, he provides a short introduction to the theme. This is followed by selection of Mother Teresa's own words, and then testimonies by other people about how she exhibited the particular work of mercy. The chapters conclude with a short reflection on the theme, and then a prayer that was used by Mother Teresa in her own devotional life. Mother Teresa always instructed her sisters to do small things with great love and to see and serve Jesus in the many distressing disguises of the poor. We see that in page after page in this book, cleaning the toilets, picking maggots out of the bodies of the dying and the destitute, stopping the car to pick up a person in the gutter, and so forth. As one witness said, Mother believed in the radicalism of the gospel. And her legacy lives on. In 2012, the Missionaries of Charity had over 4,500 nuns serving the poorest of the poor in 133 countries. a new book by Mother Teresa. It's called A Call to Mercy. And for film this week, also in keeping with the theme of this Advent week, I review a movie from Haiti from the year 2015. It's called simply Father Joseph. This documentary film tells the remarkably inspiring story of the Haitian priest, Father Joseph Philippe, who was born into a peasant family, studied in the United States, and then returned to minister to his own people in the isolated mountain community of Fondois, where 90 percent of the people had no water or electricity. Well, that was before Joseph started 30 years of sustainable development. It began with building a road and eventually included a radio station, medical clinic, orphanage, school with 600 children, a community center that included a cyber cafe, and a reforestation project that planted over half a million trees. The center of all this was a microfinance bank called Fun Cause, literally shoulder to shoulder, that now has forty-six branches, eight hundred employees, and two hundred and fifty thousand savers. All this took place in the context of Haiti's two hundred years of very violent political history. Their work has endured murder, torture, threats, and jail. And then came the January 2010 earthquake that destroyed 30 years of life and labor. Undeterred, Father Joseph and his people are rebuilding. We don't wait for the government or NGOs, he said. If we see something that needs to be done, we do it. We are people who are making our own history. We make it with our own hands. At one hour and 12 minutes, this movie would be excellent for family film night. I watched it on Netflix streaming. Once again, the name of the film, Father Joseph. And finally, Advent Poetry by Denise Levertoff. Denise Lebertov lived from 1923 to 1997. This poem is called Candle Moss and it's a reflection on Luke's story about the aged Simeon. With certitude, Simeon opened ancient arms to infant light. Decades before the cross, the tomb, and the new life, he knew new life. What depth of faith he drew on, turning illumined towards the deep night. Thank you for joining us at journeywithjesus.net for the second Sunday in Advent, December the 4th, 2016. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.